praise God. I tell you, when we were singing earlier about, you know, God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead being in us, that very dynamite, all-encompassing, destroying, but then life-giving power is in us. That same power. Do you realize what's in you? Who's in you? Praise God. I mean, if you just stop and think about that for a minute. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you, is in me. Wow. And what are we afraid of? What are we concerned about? I mean, that power broke the shackles of hell off of Jesus. That power took care of every sin and every sickness and every disease. That power is in you. That power is in me. Praise God. The same power. The same power. And it's not dwindled down. It's not half measured it's the same power the same dynamic working power is in you which makes you invincible which makes you more than a conqueror which says you are the healed which says you're above and not beneath which says if God before you who can be against you hallelujah and so much more praise God well that's not my message tonight praise the Lord (laughs) but um, it's in us it's in us I tell my children don't forget who you are don't forget whose you are don't forget I tell them first of all you're a child of God because they're all saved I said then you're my child and you better act right (laughs) praise God but no they love God so they endeavor to do right because they love God amen well let's pray so I can let you sit down Heavenly Father Thank you so much, Father God, for your grace upon our lives. Father, we continue to pursue you, to pursue your word. We desire, Father God, to know you even better, to know you in a more intimate way, Heavenly Father. And so tonight, Father God, as we look into your word, into the perfect law of liberty, We thank you for the Holy Spirit who is the great teacher, that he teaches us tonight, that he reveals your word to us, and he makes it plain, clear, where it's easy for us to understand, Father God. 
And Heavenly Father, I yield myself to him. And I asked, Father God, that you speak through me. You know, not my opinions, not my thoughts, but we want to hear from heaven tonight. We want to hear what you want to say, a word in season. So I do. I yield myself to you, and I thank you for your anointing upon me to teach, your anointing upon me to preach, your anointing upon me to say what you want to say to your precious people tonight. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit being present. Thank you that we have ears to hear what he has to say and eyes to see. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, if you were with um, with me last week, we started talking about um, how, you know, about what we hear and the importance of being careful about what we hear. So we looked at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, um, and in the King James Version, it says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my saints. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. And then the New Living Translation says it this way, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So God is telling us, as we said last week, to guard what we hear, what we see, and, of course, you know, what gets in our hearts. And um, he wants us to focus our attention more on his word because they will result in life and in health more than other things. And we talked a little bit about, you know, we can watch TV, we can, you know, surf the Internet, we can do all these different things, but yet and still, how much time are we giving to the Word of God? And I talked a little bit about um, how as we, if we will feed on the Word, our faith, of course, increases. We know that Romans 10, 17 says, now faith, I mean, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And so faith comes by hearing the word of God. But you know, the opposite of faith is what? Fear, doubt. And so if you're not feeding on the word and you're feeding on the media, the news, um, what other people are saying, different things like that, you're, you're, you're being attentive to something and you are, something's happening, but it may not be what you want to happen. If you want your faith to grow, then you have to feed your faith. You know, like Pastor says, Pastor David says, uh, feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. You know, we want to feed our faith. So we started talking about that, and we talked about um, the story of Goliath and how the children of Israel how they were there and um, how Goliath would come twice a day for 40 days. 
and taunt them and strut before them and tell them, you know, what he was going to do to them and everything. And, uh, of course, we know the end of the story that David ended up killing him. However, when he kept doing that, the, uh, the army, Saul and his army, they were shaken. They were full of fear. Why? Because of what they were hearing. They were hearing what Goliath was saying, and that's what they were allowing to get into their heart, to get into their thinking. And so it's a prime example of, you know, what you feed on, what you listen to, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your thinking. It's going to affect your actions. It's going to affect your reactions. It will affect. And so there was one more story that I wanted to share with you along that lines. Um, so if you would turn with me to Acts chapter 9. And for media, I'm sorry, I should have told you, I'm going to use the New Living Translation tonight. So Acts chapter 9. Um, Acts chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 10. So this is the um, story of, or the account of when uh, Saul was, how he met Jesus, and uh, how he had to reckon with the fact that Jesus was Lord. But um, in verse 10... We're going to pick up there. And it says this. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I thought that was interesting. You know, when I was reading that again today, I was like, yeah, Lord, you know when we're praying. He said he was praying to me. He's praying to me right now. So don't think God's not listening to your prayers. He says, I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Now listen to what Ananias says. He says, but Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So in this account, what Ananias had heard was true. You know, Saul had held the jackets when they were stoning Stephen. He had gone to the authorities and he had asked for um, approval to, to put all the Christians in jail. You know, he had done that. He had, had been a part of the persecution. But God had another plan. So, you know, sometimes we can hear things about people, but God sees something else. Amen? It may be true, 
What you hear about me may be true. But God. And so Ananias, in this particular case, he didn't say, I'm not going because that man might kill me. He obeyed God. He listened to what God had to say versus what the facts were. He allowed God's word to him to be more important, to have more power, to have more authority in his life than the facts. And, you know, sometimes we can see the facts, you know, like um, in this time, I know many people are dealing with things with their finances. The fact may be you're looking at your bank account and it's dwindling down. But what did God say? That may be a fact, and you can acknowledge that fact, but don't stay there. Obey God. What did the word say? What did God say? And that's what Ananias did. He said, okay, now, and he told God, this is what I've heard. And did you notice that God didn't say it wasn't true? He never said it wasn't true. But he said, but I've got something else. I've got a plan for this man. And I want you to do your part, and I'll do my part. Aren't you thankful that Ananias listened to God? Because, you know, Paul, you know, his name got changed from Saul to Paul. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And I'm telling you, there's some amazing things, revelation that he got from God, from Jesus. You know, he, he, Jesus taught him. Jesus was the one. Now, he was a very uh, learned man. He had gone to the best schools, you know, uh, the best Jewish schools. He was, you know, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But Jesus, the Lord Jesus, taught him and shared revelation with him. And then he went and he shared that with others. So much so that what God had put in him, it was written in the book. Amen? So I don't know what would have happened if Ananias hadn't obeyed God. I don't know what would happen if you don't obey God. If you choose to follow the facts or let the facts be your your, uh, deciding factor versus letting the word be your deciding factor. You know, we have to decide, are we going to trust God, trust the word? Or are we going to go by what we see with these natural eyes, which is subject to change? You know, the things that we see with these eyes, they're temporary. You know, I mean, what was it, Monday? It was cold. That wind was blowing. Well, I didn't go out much today because I was studying, but... The wind wasn't blowing like it was on Monday. Am I right? So it changed. Now, I couldn't actually see the wind, but I could see the effects of the wind. But it changed. You know, we were in 90-degree weather, 100-degree weather, normally when we should have been in, like, in the 80s. But all of a sudden, it changed. It's like we went from hot to cold. (laughs) Nothing in between. It changed. Right? You can um, 
be not feeling well one moment and you can believe God and the next moment you could be feeling better, be healed. Amen? The facts may be there, but what does God say? What is God saying to us? So I just wanted to kind of, um, you know, bring that to you because we had two, there were two different, two situations. So you had one where really when you think about the Saul and his army, they had God on their side the whole time. There was never a time where they did not have God on their side in that, in that situation. Now, Saul messed up. This is the other Saul. You know, Saul in the Old Testament messed up. But, um, so then the Lord wasn't with him anymore. But during that time, God was with them. But instead of them believing God and looking to God for victory, they looked at that giant who was nine feet tall, you know, and had all this armor and, and was, you know, spouting all of this stuff about what he was going to do. And that's what they believed. They heard it and they kept hearing it and they kept hearing it for 40 days, twice a day until it got in them. And that's what they were basing their actions on. They were afraid. We've been hearing about COVID for what, seven, eight months? Too long. That's right, Miss Peggy, too long. <laughs> We've been hearing about this, and people are shaking in their boots. Christians, people of God, people who say, oh, yeah, I'm strong in faith. I got faith. Well, I believe you do have faith. So take some of that faith that you got in these other areas and use it toward this. Amen? I'm not going to argue with you about whether or not you have faith. Amen? But I'm saying that same faith, you know, that you use for your finances, or you use for your health, or you use for your children, or you use for your spouse, take that same faith and use it for whatever else is giants in your land. Use your faith. Amen? So Saul and his army didn't use their faith, didn't look to God. Ananias, even though he knew the facts, even though he knew uh, Saul, Paul was, you know, not the best guy, he still believed God and he, he operated, he, he worked, he walked on into um, that house with faith that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Amen. And God did. Amen. So that's kind of um, a little bit of what I wanted to share with you from last week. But also just wanted to say this. Remember, hearing is something we can control. We simply have to choose what we hear. We simply have to choose what we hear. And so there is, um, I want you to look at Hosea chapter 4. This is a, a, 
a um, area where I know that this is um, a scripture that many of you are familiar with. Hosea chapter 4, and we'll look at verse 6. Now, in the New Living Translation, it says this, My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since your priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priests. Since you have forgotten the laws of your uh, God, I will forget to bless your children. So here, God is saying, and, and many times we'll say, you know, people are... God said his people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And what, it, what knowledge is that? It's knowledge of his word. People are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge of the word of God. Um, the enemy takes advantage of people. If you think about it, even if you go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, you know, what the, the devil said to Eve, you know, that uh, surely, you know, God didn't mean that you're not going to die. Surely he didn't mean you would die. But she had heard the word. Her husband had heard the word about what God had said. But they allowed that, the enemy to come in and distort. And, you know, sometimes we allow the enemy to come in to distort God's word. When we're not sure, when we don't know, when we haven't been in the word for ourselves. And I want to um, really uh, commend you. If you are people that read the word every day, get in the word, even if it's for a short period of time. Um, if you're getting in the word every day, I commend you. If you are uh, getting in the word, if you're just coming to church on Wednesdays or Sundays or Wednesdays and Sundays, and that's the only time you you're in the word. Well, I still commend you for doing that, but I'm just going to tell you that's not enough. It's not enough. Every day, we should spend time in God's word because we, do, we want to have knowledge. Yes, we have amazing pastors. You know, Pastor David studies the word. You know, he, he, he majors on the word. Um, you know, that's one reason why you see the scriptures up on the screen. That's why we tell you to bring your Bible so you can see for yourself that we're not just making this up. You can look for yourselves. But, you know, we need to be like the Bereans. The Bereans studied to make sure that what Paul was saying was true. And there are many people that are speaking. There are many voices that are speaking right now. But are they telling the truth or are they telling a lie? And how are you going to know if you don't know the word? If you haven't spent time in the word. See, the Holy Ghost will bring things up to your remembrance. And, or you'll get a check. If somebody says something, you know, I've, um, you know, nothing against, uh, you know, Christian TV because there's some really, we're on Christian TV, so I'm not against Christian TV. But, you know, when people, I'm just, when people say, um, Send me $100, and I'll send you a vial of oil. <laughs> That's going to do all these miraculous things. Well, my heart says, God bless them, Lord. You know, because me sending them 100 I don't have to pay for what God 
has already paid for, what Jesus already paid for. The anointing is in me. The anointing is on me. The anointing is in you. The anointing is on you. You know, you can go lay hands on the sick, right? Now, in James, it does talk about the elders, you know, calling for the elders and them uh, anointing them with oil and, and laying hands on the sick. But I don't see, you know what? Come to think of it, I don't remember any other time when it really talks about in the New Testament us laying, um, anointing people with oil. Now, there may be. I just can't remember any right now. Okay? So we need to know for ourselves what is true and what's true and what's a lie. And, and you know what? The, the wonderful thing about God is in every area. You know, when, I, when my kids were little, even to this day, if they are lying to me, guess who knows? I sit there and I look at them and I listen and I think, that is not true. <laughs> and I just wait, you know, and listen. And then I was like, okay, now you, want, you ready to tell me the truth? And they look at me like, and so, you know, it's one of those things when they were growing up, we, we just kind of nipped that in the bud because I would hear them whispering, don't, be, don't lie because mom's going to figure it out. Don't lie. And I would be thinking to myself, oh, it's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost in me who's helping me, helping me to discern what is truth and what is not. And the same thing sometimes when I, you know, meet people, sometimes when I'm talking to people, um, I remember I was talking to somebody, um, you know, it was a homeless person, and they were telling me all this stuff, and I was like, whew, this is, this is a tall tale, you know? And so I, I just finally said to him, I said, you know what, I said, I'll, um, I'll give you some money. I said, but you know what? You should tell the truth. You should tell the truth. And... Uh, and they were looking at me like, you're still going to give me some money even though you knew I lied? Yeah. But then there was another homeless person who asked me for something, and I knew he was telling me the truth. I knew right away. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was helping me. It's not that I'm going around trying to say, are you telling me the truth? Are you telling me a lie? No, it's not that is as we walk with God, as we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he will lead us, he will guide us into all truth. He'll help us. He will help us. He's faithful to do that. But you know how he does that? Because you get in the word. You, get, you begin to think like God thinks. You see things from God's perspective. Like with that homeless person, for me, it was more about compassion, having compassion on them than being concerned about whether or not they were telling me the truth. That was really between them and God. But my heart was to be compassionate toward, compassionate toward them. So um, I want you to turn to 1 Kings. This is kind of, I want to say it's a funny story. Um, in one sense, and my time is ooh, running out. Praise the Lord. First Kings 
chapter 22. You know, there are some good examples in the Old Testament of things we should not do. And there's some things about what we should do, too. Okay, but in this particular um, passage, um, I'm going to read some of this and try to read it pretty fast, okay, um, for time's sake. So starting in 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 1. For three years there were no war between uh, Aram and Israel. Then during the third year, King Jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit King Ahab of Israel. During the visit, the king of Israel said to his officials, Do you realize that the town of Rambathagilead belongs to us? And yet we've done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram. Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, Will you join me in um, battle to recover Ramamoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are one. My troops are your troops and my horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat added, but first, let's find out what the Lord says. So he said, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do that. But before we go any further, let's find out what the Lord says. Amen? So sometimes, you know, we need to stop and say, okay, let's see what God's got to say about this. And so going on, it says, um, so the king of Israel summoned the prophets, about 400 of them, and asked them, should I go to war against uh, Ramoth Gilead or should I hold back? They, listen to this, they all replied, yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We, would, we should ask him the same question. So Jehoshaphat said, okay, I know, you know, you got 400 men here. And all 400 of them are saying the same thing. But something says, is there a prophet of God here? You know, 400 men being yes men, being they're saying what they know the king wants to hear. That's really what was going on. All 400 were doing that. And, uh, but Jehoshaphat wasn't buying it. And so this is what he said. He said in verse 8, The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, There is one more man who could, con- who could consult the Lord for us, but I hate him. <laughs> he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micah, son of Ilmalat. Jehoshaphat replied, that's not the, the way of a king. That's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. So they sent for him. And um, it says here, moving down, let's see. Uh, so he sent somebody. And then verse 12, all the other prophets agreed. Yes, they said, go up to um, Well, yeah, we'll, we'll go there. As when they went to get uh, Micah, the other prophets were still prophesying in these other parts. 
Um, so let's go down a while. Okay, so verse 13. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micah said to him, said to Micah, look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. So he, he's telling them, hey, dude, look, now don't, don't go up there and mess stuff up. Now, all 400 of us have said the same thing. We need you to line up, get in line, just say what we're saying. But Micah replied, as surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. Thank God for a man of God. Amen. So when he arrived before the king, uh, before King Ahab, Ahab asked him, Micah, should we go to war against uh, Ramoth Gilead or should we hold back? And it says that Micah replied sarcastically, yes, go up. Be victorious, for the Lord will give the king the victory. But the king replied sharply, how many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micah told him, in a vision, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said their master had been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you, the king of Israel um, exclaimed exclaim to Jehoshaphat, he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Then Micah continued, listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed? Wow. There were many suggestions, and finally, a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do it, the Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and, in, and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. And, he, and then this is what the Lord said, you will succeed. Go ahead and do it. So 400 prophets listened to a lie. And then they told the king this lie. Then you have a man who says that I'm only going to speak what God tells me to speak. And he speaks the truth. And you know what the sad thing is? Ahab still went to battle and he was killed. But he got so mad in Micah that he had him put in jail and said, don't give him no bread, just give him bread and water till I come back alive. And then Micah said, if you come back alive. And he didn't. So what, 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 what do I want you to get out of this? Because, because the news is the news. Because social media is social media. Because you hear something on or see something on Facebook or you see something on Twitter or because you see something on Snapchat or whatever, whatever social media, because somebody says something out of their mouth does not make it so, does not make it true. Inquire of God. If you don't know immediately, Inquire of God. Trust God. 
to lead you and to guide you into all truth. We are living in such a time that if we don't yield to the Spirit of God and don't allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, the Bible says even the elect can be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't listen to everything and buy into everything. There is a devil. There is an enemy. He's a deceiver. He's the father of lies. So we as the children of God have the word of God to help us. We have the spirit of God to help us. We have each other to help us, right? You have some brothers and sisters who will speak truth, right? We have pastors to help us. You know, we don't believe in just tickling your ears around here. We don't want to just say stuff to make you feel good or for you to walk out and say, oh, you know, that was good. No, we want you to be inspired into action. We want you to consider. We want you to think. We want you to um, say to God, okay, is this so? We want you to search the scriptures for yourself to see, is this right? What is right? What should I do? What should I listen to? Who should I believe? There's many voices. But the best voice to listen to is this one. This is the best one. This is the one that will lead you properly. Amen? So let me just... um, I was going to give you some scriptures about different things, what the word can um, produce in our lives. Uh, just really quickly, I'll give you a couple. Um, faith, we already know Romans 10, 17, it can produce faith in us. Um, success and pro- uh, prosperity, uh, Joshua 1, 8. You know, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Um, Another reference for that would be Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Um, It brings truth um, and freedom. John 17, 17, your word is truth. Um, John 8, 31, 32, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Um, Brings hope. I mean, it brings peace. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. Um, It helps us from, give us a victory over sin. Um, Psalm 119.9 says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. Um, Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It gives us wisdom. Um, 
but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. You know, Jesus is the living word. First uh, Corinthians, that's First Corinthians 1.30. Guidance, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, Psalm 119, 105. Strength, um, you know, I mean, there's so much joy, healing, all of these things. But I want to read this particular um, scripture in closing. If you want to turn to it, it's 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Praise the Lord. Read the word, you guys. Read the word. Spend time in God's word. You know, sometimes I read a passage, sometimes I get stuck on one verse. And I just, you know, read that one verse and uh, consider what it has to say. So in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says this, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful. It's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. You know, because I, I do want to, um, when I was saying those things, like I said, I'm not walking around and judging people, trying to figure out whether people are telling the truth or not. That's not my heart. That's not, it really doesn't matter. Just sometimes the Holy Spirit will just help me so I can make a wise decision, you know, whether I should act or whether I shouldn't act. But this word will instruct us. It will help us. It will liberate us. It will guide us. It's amazing what we can find in the word of God. So... And most of all, you know what? We say, um, you know, Pastor David has to say, this is, this is my Bible. This is God speaking to me. So this is God speaking to us. This is his will and testament. This is his love letter. This is what he wants us to know about him. And then he also wants us to know what he has done for us and who we are. And it's all in this word. <laughs>